Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. It's a joy to have you with us today. Pastor Ed leads Fellowship Church in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In today's sermon, Pastor Ed Young explores the significance of doors. We encounter numerous doors in our daily lives, and the Bible represents the door to life, with Jesus patiently knocking at the door of our hearts. This program is just a glimpse of what Pastor Ed has to offer. From global missions to his latest inspirational books and daily devotionals, there's something for everyone. You can find all of this and more at edyoung.com. And here's an exclusive offer for our listeners today. Download a free chapter of Pastor Ed and Lisa's newest book, A Path Through Pain, at edyoung.com. With refreshing vulnerability and power, A Path Through Pain shares their family's journey from sorrow and anger to hope and healing after the tragic and sudden loss of their daughter. As they share their incredible perspective, they will inspire and equip you to believe that there is purpose in your pain, even if you can't see that purpose yet. Now, let's get into today's message called God's Open Door Policy. Welcome to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. The Bible is truly the open door, literally the open door to life. The Bible tells you and me about our destiny. It tells us about God, about ourselves, about others. It teaches us about everything from relationships to our career, emotions, everything is in God's word. So today we are going to talk about the door that that we're opening as we read through the chronological Bible. If you've not done that yet, if you're not involved in it yet, you can, can, can pick a chronological Bible up and read through it because over the next, believe it or not, year, are you ready for that? Year, we're going to unpack the Bible. Now, obviously, I can't speak on every text, on every story, on every detail that we read. I hope you know that. I am, however, going to hit the high points and bring out some things prayerfully that that you've never seen before or never thought about before. Because the Bible in, in, in one sentence is about Jesus. Let me say that again. The Bible is about the Son of God. Everything in this book points to Jesus. Right now we're going through the Old Testament, the Old Covenant, and then we'll segue into the New Testament. The Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. Today, I thought about talking about the most read verse in Scripture. I'm going to talk about that verse that more people have read than any other verse of Scripture. I would say people have read this text more than any text in the history of literature. I mean, how many people have said, okay, I'm going to read through the Bible. And we start in the book of Genesis, and then after a while, we get all caught up in the begats and the begots, and it begins to read like a Hebrew telephone directory, and we're like, I'm done. I tried it, and I don't understand it, so I'm done with the Bible. Well, everyone who's ever tried to read the Bible, at least, at least you've gotten to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. 
And that is what we're going to talk about because that verse, that text, listen to me now, is the key to the entire Bible. Let me say it again. Genesis chapter one, verse one, is the foundation of the entire Bible. What does it say? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Sounds sort of, you know, straightforward. You might think, that sounds theologically benign. No big deal. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. God, Elohim. It's a plural noun. It refers to the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Isn't it incredible that Jesus is mentioned in the first verse of the Bible? Later on, the Bible says, when talking about God making man, let us make man in our image. Again, the plural, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one, one in three. There's no way our little pea brains can understand the power of the Trinity. I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of weeks ago who's an agnostic, and he said, Ed, just prove God. I said, I can't prove God. I said, I can't. I said, God's above proof. I said, you can't prove there is no God. So see, God's above that. Now, I'm not saying that there are no evidences for God. Obviously, there are evidences. We don't, though, prove God. It's like we discovered, and we discovered these scientific laws, laws of nature, laws of physics. Scientists don't create them. They just discovered them. And sometimes people get all hung up about science. Does science and the Bible go hand in hand? The Bible doesn't need science to prop it up. Science is playing catch up with God. So true Bible and true science always complement one another. We have to understand though, God was there, is there, will be there forever and ever. So in the beginning, God, the beginner of the beginning, the unmade maker, God. So the writer is going like, okay, here's God, and, and, and God simply opens the door, and he begins to reveal himself to us. So that's a dynamic, isn't it? Introduction. But notice something else I want you to see in this first verse. Look at the dynamic construction of the deal. The Bible says again, Genesis chapter one, verse one, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. This word created is the Hebrew word bara. It's only referred to in terms of God. God is creating out of nothing. When I create or when you create, we have to have something, right, to, to utilize, some, some tools, some materials to create. Well, in the beginning, God created out of nothing. And this word is ex nihilo, 
which means out of nothing. Seven times in the book of Genesis. God said, God said, God said, God said, God said. God spoke the world into existence. No one understands that. You can't explain that. It's not like you can go, wow, okay. But, but, but we know that God's word is so powerful that he spoke this creation into existence. And we have an opportunity, do we not, to read his written word. That's how powerful it is. Jesus was even called the word. In the book of John, the word became flesh, God's word. The book of 1 Timothy says that God's word is Breathe is literally the breath of God. In the original language is theonoustos. <sighs> he breathed his word on numerous writers of scripture as they penned this holy book. But, but, but the whole thing hinges, I'm, I'm telling you now, the whole thing hinges on, on this text. Your life and mine hinges on this text. Because it's either design or accident. It's either by random choice or it's intentional. That's the issue. It's not uh, when God created the world in seven days, are those seven literal 24 hour days or are they 24 billion years? You can chase that rabbit all day long. The, the, the net effect at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it is creation or we're just kind of an accident. So if it is by design, stay with me now. If it's by design, I'm made in the image of God. I have a purpose, a plan, there's power and there's eternity, there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. There's real meaning in my life. I'm one of a kind, I am unique. But if I'm an accident, if I'm a product of bioptic soup, well, I've heard, I've heard some people say that, some evolutionists say that, we're just from bioptic soup. I, I go, stop, who made the gumbo? Because if we're here by chance, we're pretty much gonna act like animals. We're just amped up algae. We're spawning salmon, we're dogs in heat. We're here, if, if, if we're here just by chance to fornicate, recreate, and then we finally disintegrate. And as we look at our culture, we see people acting like animals. The reason? They've been taught by Dr. Fuzzy Face for decades, you, are an animal. And they just teach it, the theory of evolution, as fact. It's not fact. I mean, there are a lot of problems with evolution, the transmigration of the species, question mark, the second law of thermodynamics, question mark, the morality question. I could go on and on, but I'm not here to do some scientific lecture on creation versus 
evolution. But what I'm here to tell you is God made you. God made the world. And it doesn't take someone really bright to discover that. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs, a fool says there is no God. The word fool is not an intellectual term. It's a behavioral term. People really don't have any intellectual problems with what I'm talking about. They have behavioral problems on what I'm talking about. We don't want God in our stuff, man. We don't want him there. So we, we just have a vested interest in keeping him away. It's, it's a worldview situation. Creation or we're here by accident. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. We're halfway through today's incredible message, and we hope it's been an inspirational part of your day. As we pause for a moment, we want to thank you for joining us and for your continued support. This ministry, focused on sharing the gospel, is possible because of listeners like you. As a token of our gratitude for supporting The Creative Connection, we have a special gift for you. We'd love to send you a complimentary copy of Pastor Ed and Lisa Young's newest book, A Path Through Pain. This is a powerful book they wrote after the sudden death of their oldest daughter, Lee Beth. They share profound truth that even in the darkest moments, pain and joy can coexist. To receive your free copy, visit edyoung.com. It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to help take the hope of Jesus to people around the world. And if today's message has touched your heart, consider supporting us. Your contributions, no matter the size, help us continue spreading God's word and bring hope to many. Visit edyoung.com to learn how you can make a difference. Now, let's continue with today's message. You're listening to The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. When our worldview is inverted, things definitely get perverted, don't they? Think about it. When a man pretends to be a woman, we're supposed to play make-believe with him. We can't lie to Congress, but Congress can lie to us to make us lie. Pro athletes and actors and actresses, some of the most immoral people in the world lecture us about morality? Everything's inverted. We talk about freedom of speech and everything is cool and everything is fine, yet at every turn, certain groups are censoring us. They talk about tolerance and they're tolerant if you talk their language, but the moment you step up and stand up, especially for the things of God, for absolute truth, boom, you're censored. It's more beneficial in our culture to have a baby out of wedlock and marry the government than it is to get married. And blame is better today than responsibility. So we have to see the implications, friends, of, of this situation. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying to you? Like, like if it's, if it's designed, if I'm created, if God spoke it into existence, I'm gonna behave and live one way. I'm gonna see the world one way. 
But if I go, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna reject that, and I go the other way, then after a while we go down the proverbial rabbit hole of rebellion and absurdity, and that's what we're seeing in real time right now. Let me go back to the creation. Genesis chapter one, verse two, I think this is a, a, a very fascinating text. So God is, you know, he's, he's, he's creating, and it says in, in verse two of Genesis chapter one, now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, and God began to do his, to do his work in his creation. That was God's first creation. Well, the first creation and the first Adam had some trouble, didn't they? Because I want to address the diabolical destruction. Man and woman had an open door policy with God. God made them in his image and everything was flowing. God said though, don't touch the fruit on the tree in the middle of the garden. So to give you the cliff notes, Adam and Eve tried to find their own door to God. And the Bible called this behavior sin. I think it's humorous, it's kind of an aside in your readings. When, when, when man sinned, they played a couple of games. Number one, they played a cosmic game of hide and seek. And then they played the blame game. Adam blamed Eve and he blamed Adam, then they blamed the serpent, and he didn't have a leg to stand on. So, <laughs> the blame game has been in effect for a long, long time. Sin literally slammed the door shut. Slammed the door in God's face. A barrier now. And this is this is set up in the book of Genesis. In all of our readings, we're going to see this foreshadowing. A barrier between God and man. God saw this door dilemma, and he could have said, you know what? I'm done. For eternity, I'm going to shut you out. But notice this. God created you and me. And because of that, think about this. We have a responsibility to God. We're obligated to God, but also, and I don't mean to speak out of turn, God is obligated to us. Now, obviously, it's our choice. Just like God had a freedom of choice to create or not, this door dilemma, though, was serious. And all creation held its breath to see what was God gonna do about this door dilemma. And then we see a picture of the door. As we've read, because of sin, God kicked Adam and Eve out of the garden and he placed a couple of angels at the door of the eastern entrance to the garden. And these angels represent grace and mercy. Huh. Foreshadowing. And, and then we have, from Adam and Eve, we have Cain and Abel, the first homicide was committed over a tithe. So it started getting crazy, didn't it? And then it started getting so crazy, God said, I'm going to destroy 
the earth. Yet he spared Noah and his family. And then because of that, you have characters like Abraham, the father of our faith, God initiated a covenant with him. And then you have Lot. I mean, Lot was definitely, definitely wheels off. His whole scenario with with Sodom and Gomorrah. So you have the sinfulness of man. You see though God picturing and talking about the door. God, for example, brought up the door when the children of Israel were, were, were getting emancipated from slavery. What did God say? Take the blood of the lamb and apply it to the door. And then after that, God set up worship, the tabernacle, and and it was all about the door to the holy of holies. So we're gonna see this in our reading, the foreshadowing, the door, the door, the door. Then Jesus announced during his 36 month public ministry, In John chapter 10, verse nine, he said, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved, he'll go in and out and find pasture. How incredible is God? So the door was open. Man sinned and slammed the door shut. God began to foreshadow the door as he progressively revealed himself to people. Then we have Jesus saying, I am the door. And then in Revelation chapter three, Jesus said, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If you open the door, Jesus said, I'll come into you. It was God's choice, his initiative, his will to do all of this. We're made in his image. We have a will. We either open the door and invite Christ in or not. God wants to create in your life a new creation. In the first creation, the first Adam messed up. But in this new creation, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 tells us, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. The first Adam messed up the first creation, the second Adam, Jesus is all about the new creation. If you're away from Christ, your life is empty and void and the spirit of God is moving over your life. All you have to do is open the door of your heart and Christ will come in. And you will be, my friend, a new creation. Thank you for being with us today on The Creative Connection with Pastor Ed Young. 
We hope this message has empowered you to stand firm in your faith and to shepherd your family with wisdom and courage. Your role is pivotal in nurturing a God-honoring environment, and it's our prayer that you would feel supported and equipped in this journey. Your support is so important in helping us share the gospel of Jesus with a hurting world. As a token of our gratitude, we're offering you a free copy of A Path Through Pain by Pastor Ed and Lisa Young. Visit edyoung.com to claim your book and learn more about how you can support Ed Young Ministries. Be sure to join us next time for Pastor Ed Young's new series, Seven Senses of Marriage, where we tackle developing an all-in, full-on marriage that will stand the test of time and troubles. Stay connected with us at edyoung.com for more great content and ways for you to be part of what God is doing through the Creative Connection. Thanks for listening. Until next time, God bless.